Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, each and every day here on I Work For Him, we take a different approach to looking how about how our faith impacts our workplace, our faith impacts our families. And we bring back Luke and Dave and Dave and Luke, but we'll always leave Randy back in the main office because somebody's got to be working from Bel Air Wealth Management. Find them online at belairwealthmanagement.com. And uh, did, wait, what was that? Bel Air Wealth Management? Dot com. That's yeah. it. Okay. Can you hear him? That's right. Uh, you didn't say it loud enough, Dave, or something like that. Okay. All right. But we're, today we're going to kind of go kingdom-minded. How do we, as God-appointed stewards of the wealth that he has given us, how do we handle it? How do we manage it? And and these guys really wanted to tackle the topic today of self-directed, self-managed portfolios as opposed to using a professional and there is nobody better to hit this topic than luke and dave and dave and luke and we had to leave randy back but if he wants to call in today he certainly could join us of course 877-943-9673 so listen as we approach thanksgiving luke yeah what are you thankful for i'm thankful to be here with you jim Wow. I mean, right? the guy nice. up. is yeah, that good? The guy I, hey, I thought long and hard about that question. You wrote it I, down, it, didn't you? Right here, right oh, here. Uh, no. Um, you know what? I, you know, with uh, all the craziness going on with terrorism and the threats and, you know, I'm really I'm thankful that I'm I'm able to come to a radio station like this. I'm thankful that yesterday we were in church hearing a gospel message by Pastor JJ. 
Um, that was a great sermon. It really was. Um, you know, we, we have that, you know, the week before that, the pastor gave out money, and, and yesterday it hit me. I missed me, that one. And it hit me on what I'm going to do. So it was part of that hashtag uh, message. You're saying your church gave out money? The church gave out money. It's not Man. It's not the church's money. It's God's money. They That's gave it back true. to us to invest it. My, my point, yeah, I am so thankful to be here, to have the opportunities that, that we have in front of us to live in this country and, um, you know, to be able to, to do what we do. It, it's, you know, when you, when you, we come in t- these times where it's, everybody's asking questions, pointing fingers, everybody has answers. You, know, you see social media, everyone has the right answer, right? We're all professionals. Um, but I'm just thankful that uh, we can be here today in this great country uh, doing what we do. You know, I loved the example, and you talk about self-directed, self-managed funds, our church, I mean, there's not many churches. I had heard this. I had a church in Minnesota I heard that did this probably almost 20 years ago. They gave their congregation money. So our church gave out either 10, 20, or 50 bucks to the people that showed up for church that week. And of course, we were speaking at a different church. I, I heard that you were there for all three sermons. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. I missed all three of them. And, and so, they, but the church gave people the money, just like the parable of the talents. $10, $20, or 50 bucks would have been better if they gave out 10 million, you know, five, $1 million, $2 million, or $5 million and said, okay. Church would have been empty next and week. And what was man. the message? What did they tell What did they tell people to uh, to do with it, Luke? Well, you know, when when we sat in for you last month, we really hit on the that, that parable, um, and it, the parable of the talents. And it's how the servant, when he was going away, you know, you go away on a journey. A journey for us could be the weekend, you know. Back in, in older times, biblical times, a journey, if they were, they, if they were going to Tampa, that wasn't uh, an hour drive or a 40-minute commute. That would be several months. So this, as a servant was going away, he wanted someone to look after his, his money, his livestock, all of his assets, all of his possessions. And some of them he left with a certain number of talents. And talents isn't like what we think of it. It's not uh, you're really good on the radio or you know, you're great speaking in front of people. Not those kind of talents. We're talking about the talents of pounds, of money. How, that's where the British get their pound. It's a measurement of money. So that's what these talents were. And he gave these three individuals, these three servants— these different talents and said, hey, with this, you know, I want you to go invest it. I want a return. And, um, you know, for the one that was given much, he earned much. He was given five talents and he returned five. The other one had two talents. He was given two. The third talent is the one we hit on last week. It's the one that buried her head in the sand. So what our church wanted to do is they wanted to get they wanted to get the church back out involved in our own community and taking these talents or this money that's God's money anyway and seeing what kind of impact we can have on it in our community. It was awesome. And they're looking for a multiplication. Yes. I mean, and just to see what God can do. And and I've seen amazing things done. And I know people are really, they didn't say you just have a week. They said you had two weeks or three weeks to get the money back. I think back it's December, December 19th. Yeah, yeah. About four so, weeks. So about a month. Yeah. And people are thinking, because I heard two people today telling me, I'm thinking, I've been thinking, about, and I figured it out today what I'm going to do. Just thinking like Luke just said. Praying, praying yeah. about it. A lot of thinking people of, praying about it. That's right. All right. So we got to hear what Luke is thankful for. What are you thankful for, Dave? Well, Jim, as you know, I'm uh, I'm involved in Bible study fellowship, and we're studying Revelation this year. And and this past week, we we were into Revelation five, and that whole passage, John describes his vision of heaven, and it's pretty cool when when he talks about a million angels gathering around the throne and praising God, and then twenty four elders bowing on their knees at his feet. Um, I'm just I'm just so thankful that someday I will be up there along with those 24 elders 
giving my crowns back to the Lord. I mean, it, it, it's just, you know, it just really, really is, is heartwarming thinking about that. You know, when I first read that passage as a 13-year-old, and I'm, I'm reading the description of, of uh, heaven, and I'm like, dude, that's all they say is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. I'm like, seriously, that, eternity, does not, right? that does not sound like a good time to me. Uh, and I, I read that, and I'm like, wow. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I always thought heaven was going to be cooler than that. But as I've gotten to experience worship with in a congregation of people who were and I've heard uh, when we had certain uh, singers at our church doing the worship and singing that song. Um, well, our version of it, I just was like, wow. Yeah, right. Gives you gives you goosebumps at Absolutely. the time. Absolutely. And I'm sure we're not that's not all we're gonna be doing, but but that was given to John at that particular point and that that was really cool. You know, it wasn't too long ago as I was reading Revelation twenty one and it describes the New Jerusalem. It's either twenty one or twenty two, sorry. And they describe the New Jerusalem as it's being lowered to the new right, earth. Right. And it's fifteen hundred square miles by by fifteen hundred cubic miles. I mean it's fifteen hundred long, wide and tall. Have you guys ever thought about what floor you think you're going to be on? Because I figured it out. It can hold. I figured it out. If everybody got a 1,200 square foot apartment, it was like room enough for eight or nine billion people in that city. Well, if they it, all had a 1,200 square foot apartment. Yeah, and I don't think that matters. I don't think it matters. But if you ever think about how long does the elevator take to get there? We're, we're not going to need the elevators. Our spirits can just float. <laughs> Guys are getting weird. Yeah, okay, well, I, okay. Don't you ever think about okay. stuff like that yeah, when you're? Right. I mean, no. when you're reading. Well, yeah, but he's God says your mind can't even comprehend. No, I understand. Like fifteen hundred Listen, mile no, tall. we can't even get past how we'd we get there. Elevators, really, really. Okay, yeah, elevators. that's the best I came up with. I'm a simple <laughs> guy. <laughs> elevators with rockets <laughs> on them. Rockets, yes, rocket ships. But but I'm just thinking, you know, fifteen hundred mile tall building is, you know, that's where we we keep satellites closer Star, than that. In Star Trek, you know, that's how they did it. They, you know, teleport, teleportation. <laughs> anyway, anyway, okay, it's so, gonna it's gonna be great to all be right, there. So yeah. when you look at the thankfulness that you guys, I mean, you're both happily married. You both you both have kids. Dave, you got grandkids. I got grandkids. When we look at the impact of this week of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. how does it shift your perspective because you're a Christ follower versus the way the rest of the world's looking at Turkey Day and you know hanging out with family and some people are looking forward to it, some people aren't looking forward to it. How does your perspective shift when you look at the impact of Christ has had on your Thanksgiving? Yeah, I uh, well, my daughter, she's uh, she's 13. Riley, uh, you should be listening. I hope you are. Um, Dana, you too, Giovanni. Um, but you know, Reese, she's real big on not skipping Thanksgiving. You know, she's almost, she's to the point where she's old enough and she sees Christmas stuff going up, you know, immediately after October, after, uh, Halloween. And then all of a sudden people are skipping Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of her favorite times. We were just talking about it last night is now these stores are opening up at 6 PM on Thanksgiving. So now it's called, we, we, we renamed it from Thanksgiving. It's called uh, Shop, what do we call it? Shopping Giving, Shopping Thanksgiving, or Shopped Giving, or whatever. You don't have to we find a better up, name. That totally flunked. <laughs> yeah, it did. But the idea behind, you know, it's that we're, we're missing it. It's commercialized. I'm not going. What, we're missing it. I'm not going shopping. Right? I don't go shopping. Yeah, I'm not a, <laughs> not a big not a big uh, midnight. I think the, it used to be. the difference for me is you know everybody says okay I'm thankful I'm thankful on this day for what I have. I think as a Christian we have a different perspective in, in that we realize it's never ours. It's always God's. Thank you for letting me use that stuff this past year, Lord. 
um, and, and it gives you a different perspective because you take care of his things. I, you know, my things can can go by the wayside, but his things, you got to be a little more careful. Well, we're in a Thanksgiving every day, you know. We should be. Uh, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, Colossians, my dad shared a good good scripture with me the other day because we were talking about his work and, you know, he, how he could make it more efficient. And he's got folks that, you know, get in early in the morning and, you know, for the first hour or so they're cutting the breeze. And, you know, they wonder, you know, in Colossians 3.23, it says, whatever you do, work hard as if for the Lord and not for man. So every day we should be working for the Lord. And, and that that's really what it's the difference between us as advisors as well. And the people listening on the show, this is the, these are the questions you should be asking your advisor if you have one. Well, and that's why these guys are part of my show. Cause this conversation, none of it is scripted. I, I tell these guys ahead of time when I'm going to ask for questions, but these guys, this, they're the real deal. And if you're looking for a Christ centered advisor, wealth advisor, these are the guys you need to talk to. You need to find them online, Bel Air wealth management, or they can call your office at what number? Yeah, 727-586-5655. Or come visit us. We we love, well, we had two walk-ins. Well, one real walk-in and one somewhat of an appointment. We love people to come visit us, you know, and check out our location. You know, it's free. Go bring, to Marlon Darlin for lunch or down to statement. Maggie Mays or Bonefish. Bring Grab a free statement. cup of coffee. Bring in your statement. We can analyze it. We can even run reports on it. Give some ideas, sure. Give ideas, and there's no obligation. We don't charge We don't charge for, there's no hourly charge. It's we, We'd love to just sit down and help and talk. It's not our business. It's the Lord's business. Amen. All right. So a favorite Thanksgiving tradition? Dave. Well, of course, everybody loves. Well, wait, let's every, ask. At the first uh, Thanksgiving oh, me, dinner, wait, what, did wait, they have wait, turkey at the wait. first Thanksgiving dinner? You were there, I don't right? No, get out, uh, get out. I knew that was coming. That's why I tried to get you off from that. But <laughs> the last few, since since my oldest daughter lives in Charlotte nowadays, we usually we've been going up there the last few years, and Thanksgiving's pretty traditional with the Thanksgiving turkey dinner and all that stuff. But the day after. On the Friday, everybody else, everybody else, the stores are crowded and everything. So we go up to the mountains and go hiking. Ooh. It's just, it's just a great day. It's usually cooler out, and we hike up uh, either Crowder's Mountain or one of the mountains that are nearby. I would love it, to do it that. It is great. It's work off that. Sorry, what about you, Luke? You can't, Jim. No, I can't. <laughs> you have stuff to do. Uh, no, I'm gonna be in Jacksonville, and there's yeah, no mountains there. Right. Well, it's true. Oh, bother. Okay. Uh, so we, what do you do? Are you, we, traditions? It's, it's all family, you know. Dana, Dana, we cook for Dana's family, or Dana cooks. I don't do much. I just kind of stay out of the way, and she's, you know, frantically tells me what to do, and I, I try to do my best to listen. Uh, but no, we, uh, we, we, we get together with her family on Wednesday night, and then my mom always does a big deal on Thursday, and it's just hanging out, food, football, sleeping, food, football. Sleeping, food, football. So you wrecked the whole day pretty watching much, football. Foot, pretty much. Well, you Did you guys know. catch any of that NASCAR race yesterday? Jeff Gordon's no. last race. Yeah, I haven't really? watched the race all year because I'd given it up, but so I watched why is yesterday. He, I, I don't follow he's that much. Why? Because he's, he's young, he's young he, yet. He's Luke's he? age. He's had enough. Yeah, right. I thought he was young yet. <laughs> no, I actually think he's about 45, so he's way older than Luke. And, okay. uh, okay. and he just, he'd been racing for since he was a kid. Well, he, he's, he's at the top of his game, though, right? Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, pretty, yeah. He was in the final four of the NASCAR. It was pretty good. It was it was just good to, you know, see him go out on the top instead of you know waiting until he's fifty five. All right. So we're talking today about self direct. Anybody want to ask me what my family traditions are? What's Please. your family What's tradition? Your, I, have, I have no yeah. family traditions. Yeah. <laughs> we used to I, in Minnesota. We always have snow on the ground. Yeah, right. Or so we either we either play snow football or we play hockey. 
with because either you had snow or the ice was frozen. I mean, one or the other. You'd have one or the other. I'm sure they have snow this year. Yes, I don't know. No, the snow went south and west of them really? this past weekend. Yep. All right. So, but really, our tradition is ridiculously no shopping. Period. End of story. And then we put the Christmas tree up after Thanksgiving. Martha is really pining for the Christmas tree this year, though. All right. We're going to talk today about self-directed, self-managed retirement. And really, I, I know the point. Let's just say the point. The point is, unless you're an expert, you shouldn't do this. But we're going to talk about why, because we've all been given stewardship of things, on of God's stuff that he's put in our hands. We are his stewards. And, and Luke and Dave are going to talk to us about why it just isn't a good idea to do this on your own, right? That was the premise? Yeah, well, you know what? It's I. Sorry, Dave. I know. So, <laughs> That's all right. You got to be quick, man. Dave, yeah, right? Bite quick. off the microphone. So, the, I think the reason that we want to talk about it, it's it's one of the biggest things that we see. You know, so that and it's and it's not that people aren't good at what they do. It's like uh, you're you know, just better changing your oil. You, I could change my oil. It's not hard to do. But why do you take it to someone? Because not only can they change your oil, they're going to rotate your tires. They're going to fill your fluids. They're going to do all these other things. That's it's way beyond just the investment side. We're talking with Luke and Dave and Dave and Luke, but they left Randy back at the shop today. Hi, Randy. Uh, hey, Randy. These guys are from Bel Air Wealth Management. You can find them online at belairwealthmanagement.com. I'd like to thank Most Insurance. Find them online at mostins.com. All right, we're talking today about self-directed. Doing it yourself instead of hiring a professional. You know, I, all day long I work with small business owners and I say, listen, what is your core practice? What are you really, really good at? They say, that's great. Now focus on that. You can make more money doing that than anything else. And all those other things that you think you're really good at, hire somebody to do them because they're better at it than you. Just like Luke said, yeah, I could change my oil. Yeah, I could change my oil. I could rotate my tires. I could paint my house. But there's other people that will do it as well. They'll do it cheaper than I can do it because here's what I found out as a young kid. 21 years old, I bought a car and I was going to change my own oil because I learned how to do that in college. And I I bought this car and I couldn't get the oil filter off. You know how much that oil change cost me? Ouch. Like 600 bucks. <laughs> Ouch. Sure, because I... You didn't blow I, the engine, did no, you? No, I didn't blow the engine, but I had to pay for a tow, and then I had to pay for somebody uh, else to get the old filter off, and then I'd be, and you know, oh, it's like, really? And it may not even be who can do it better. It's, it's kind of like an attorney. An attorney, even the smartest attorney in the world, if he gets in trouble and needs to hire an attorney, he's a fool if he's his own attorney. And that... Well, that's that, because that attorneys lends, have one expertise or another. Well, and that lends over in, into uh, into the financial management because when you're dealing with your own money, your your brain acts differently than than if you're unemotional about it. Oh boy, it does ah, there we go. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Here oh we go. boy. Hey, speaking of dealing with money in a great way, talk to me, Luke. You, you said you had this tail. You got this two brain theory. It, well, it's not a Luke theory. It's uh, not. A, it's, it's not a theory. It's it's, it's a proven, proven fact. It's, it's, it's a neurology, proven fact. and it's okay. It's it's in every one of us, and anyone that's listening on the radio can can attest to it. As opposed to the people listening underground right now. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Oh, 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 oh. The ones on TV don't understand. We're friends. We're yeah, friends. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just uh, sorry. I got carried away. I apologize, Luke. That but, was you know, please yeah, forgive me. I love it's you. It's all good. I love you too. We understand. It's so, good. <clears throat> so, but yeah, there is there, there's a there's a rational part of your brain that thinks rationally, and then there's a primitive, a reptilian part of your brain that thinks like an alligator. In all of us. That's in every one of us. It's inherent in every single one of us. So if you're here listening to this on the radio, yeah, that's me. I've made a bad decision that I regret, and it's usually because it's something that's a split decision. You panicked on something, and all of a sudden you're 
your neocortex, which is your rational thinking brain, all of a sudden goes missing. It goes MIA, and you go to this reptilian or defensive brain called your reptilian brain. Look it up. Don't don't take my word for it. Look <laughs> is it up. Is that what God <laughs> called her? Is some scientist? Some called scientist. It. Kim, okay. Han- you know, when you're you, this is a studies by a psychologist. Okay, a psychologist. What do they study? The human behavior. So this is called behavioral economics. It's in every one of us. So you're not at fault because you pulled out of the market in 2008 or 2009. Um, you're like everyone else. And this is why people need a rational, someone, a rational advisor to come alongside you and be your neocortex for you. Because we would have told you it's probably not a good, it's okay to, you know, to look at time periods and say, yeah, there, there's a time to get defensive. There really is. But when is the time? You know, most people make the mistake. When I say most people, your retail investors, your self-directed folks that manage their own money, they usually buy in at the wrong time because they see the market picking up, and then they sell it at the wrong time because it's already bottomed. Those are the two worst times. You want to you want to buy low and sell high. The opposite takes place with retail investing. What do they do? They buy high and sell low because they're very reactionary. And the proof is in the returns. I Botson, who does a lot of these type of studies, says the average retail investor makes less than three percent a year on his equity investment account. Whereas the stock market, just the S&P average over the last hundred years is 9.8%. So there's a difference. What's the difference? Because they buy high and sell low. Yeah. And that's be in a lot of it, ha- or they just get out at the wrong time. I mean, that's a big part of it too. They, they stay in something too long. They bought a stock as a trade. They waited too long. Um, you know, so there's different reasons, but you know, on these crashes, there's always something that's going to work right. These flash crashes, People probably started getting money out in August of this year. And if you did that, you lost back out on the return. So, you know, that's... October was the best month in four years. Yeah. And so far, uh, so far, November's doing well. I mean, but and if you would have got out because of the, the, the quick 10% correction, 11% in August, you'd have missed, or September, you'd have missed everything, that, that how it bounced back. And that's really where the difference between a retail investor using or going to that reptilian brain, that defense mechanism that's inherent in every single one of us versus working with someone that's going to be your rational neocortex that's going to help you weather the storm. Hang on. Just wait it out. All the, all the fundamentals of the market are good. They're not pointing to this bear yes. market. There's, there's a key point because there are times when the fundamentals are going down also. And then it may be time to actually get out of out of some equity. But unless you're a professional at this, you don't know what the fundamentals are. I mean, right. I, sure. The, the, Mike, I want to take this back to stewardship because really, that's what this is about. We, as as Christ followers, we've been actually as human beings, we've been given stewards of a certain set of gifts, talents, abilities. Yes. And we've got the responsibility to get the maximum return on that investment, and it's not to be blown on stupid stuff. It's to be in. It, dealt with properly and if you're doing it yourself it's like hey all of a sudden i'm, I'm going to decide i'm going to invest in real estate well i don't know anything about real estate but i'm going to figure it out why would i do that yeah. i got people that know about real estate yeah, luke, exactly, luke knows right? about real estate yeah. Yeah. why yeah. would i do that i don't know so but it's like you know and all of a sudden i decided i was gonna be a golf pro well i wouldn't do that i'd just come talk to you you could yeah. convince oh, me yeah. oh. you could tell me i've been playing golf for 50 years i still don't know how to play golf so i would know okay i shouldn't do that no, no. Do your homework. Find a good golf pro. <laughs> hey, exactly. That's All right. It. So what's some good biblical examples then of people who suffered under their own self-management? 
Go ahead. Crickets. <laughs> crickets there. Where's the crickets? <laughs> I, I was going to let, I've been talking the whole time. I was going to let Dave say something. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, so rephrase that question, if you would. Give me what? a good biblical example of somebody who managed something on his own and screwed it up because he didn't rely on God. Well, there's lots of biblical examples of that. T- take the first king of Israel, Saul. Okay. I mean, I mean, he was uh, he was the, he had a lot of ability, a lot of everything, but then he lost his direction from God, and he decided to go on his own, and and uh, he later went after David, his successor, and tried to kill him, and uh, yeah, his whole life blew up at that point. Well, and God had told him, "Here's what you need to do," and Samuel had said, "Listen, meet me at Gilgal. I think it was." And I'll be there. We'll do the sacrifice before you start doing exactly. before you start fighting. But he had a better but, way of his he own. Figured out he, his, he, he, he was, was he king. He, right. he had a better way. So. Yeah, and yep, and and then there was another time where he was told to slaughter everything. Right. And then Samuel comes up and goes, "What's this lowing that I hear and this bleating of lambs?" And Saul says, "That's plunder. That's plunder. We are going to sacrifice that to the Lord." Hey, and then Samuel says, "To obey right. is better." Right. Than sacrifice. So there's a guy who did self his own self-directed kingship, and how did it work for him? It went down downhill, and he was taken out of this earth probably before he could have. Well, he had still been king for almost 40 years, and he got taken out by an errant arrow, but it destroyed the kingship possibilities for his sons and his grandsons, and then God put David in. And David was not perfect either, but his heart was for the Lord. Uh, you know, so so we all have those times where maybe we don't listen to the Lord like we should. But if we have a heart for the Lord and repent and come back, he will he will forgive us and he is faithful. So what about an example of somebody who did allow the Lord to help direct his steps? In other words, he, he somebody in the Bible that actually had that didn't do. I forgot to do the book highlight segment. Sorry, sorry, Jose. We'll come back to that right after the break. Uh, uh, how about. So David, when he David wanted to build the, the temple, yes, right. And it's, God said, God said, no, you're you're not qualified because your hands are your hands are too bloody. You you fought too many battles, so he gave it to his son, and his son, of course, was Solomon. And Solomon had the wisdom to ask for wisdom from the Lord. But David did the investment part for the king for the. Oh temple. yes, yes, very much so. Right. So I he mean, was he was man. when the market was hot. David got in <laughs> and he rode all the way to the top. That's true. Well, actually, before the market gets high, you don't want to get in when the market's high. Well, but you he knew the market was going to get yeah, hot. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's right. Right. He knew the market gathered, because the Lord get said, get "Just ask the people." And put it away. Yeah. He he, uh, he had his IRA all set. Hey, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't do your own brain surgery, would you? No, no, you wouldn't no. reattach your own limb if it got chopped off by a, you know, a, a whatever. No, you, you wouldn't. Um, you wouldn't operate on your eyeball. No, if you got a, you know, if it, you want, you wouldn't. So you wouldn't paint your own car. Oh, oh, no, no. <laughs> spray painted a couple yeah, of cars. Right, right. It's so, debatable. So maybe not turn out so well. But if you're if you're a plumber, you might fix your own plumbing. If you're an electrician, you might fix fix your own electricity. If you're a car mechanic, you might fix your own car. But if you're not a wealth advisor, if you've not been trained, if you don't have the licenses, why is it that we think that we can do it better than you guys? Yeah, this just doesn't make this just doesn't make sense. It no, makes, well, I think the inter- the internet empowers people. You know, I think that's that's where you get a lot of it. The uh, CNBC, what do they call that? The constant 
negative broadcast channel. Is that what that is? <laughs> Constant <laughs> negative for CNBC. It is, yeah, so, exactly. So we're wow. kind of contrarian. This is a Christian show. Yeah, well, well that's, that's okay. Right. Well, we're just using that as an example. Okay. You know, well, my point is, is uh, everybody's a lot more educated. You can, you can actually YouTube how to paint Information your car. is there. Is what? Is what there. are you saying? Information is there. Just sorting through it is the problem nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of information. Some people say bull market. Some people say bear market. Some people say mm, they're not sure what market. But Walmart says neighborhood market. All right. So we're talking about self-directed, self-managed retirement. Now, listen. Every one of us wants to retire or brokerage. Brokerage or retire. Yeah. Okay. Just just managing your money instead of paying a professional who knows how to manage money, letting them manage the money. Yeah. Okay. Is that really what you're saying? Yes, sir. Dave's Dave. <laughs> Crickets. We're on the radio. Did you fall asleep with your Luke eyes open? I figured Luke had it. He I fell asleep with yeah, his eyes open. I think he, I the swear wheels he did. were turning because I had some other thoughts. I didn't in hear there any squeaking. What were the thoughts? Were they appropriate thoughts? <laughs> Always. Always. All right. So, what, what would be the advantage of doing it self directed? Whether you're doing your own investing, you're doing your own retirement, what's the advantage of doing that? Uh, I would say the, the number one reason we hear from clients is usually because they think they're saving money. Right, I mean that's oh, off of fees little, that little, you guys were charging. Yeah, to do it. yeah, a little, little bit more control, right, of, of what they're what they're invested in, or may, maybe they're saving a little bit of money, um, you know. But outside of the all outside of the advantages that you get with uh, regular IRAs and other retirement accounts and brokerage accounts, um, I would say, and you might be able to piggyback something different, but I would say people think that they're going to save a little bit in fees. Uh, maybe they can invest in some things that they're they're more experienced in, or they feel they have they're more knowledgeable in. Yeah, and and really that when you come right down to it, it makes very little sense to me because if we can't add, you know, the fees may be one percent, and if we can't add that value to somebody's account, we shouldn't be in the business. I yeah, mean, that's right. that that part of it's just nothing. And the other part you're talking about, as far as they feel like they know an investment. Hey, I listen to my clients. Yeah. If if they have an idea or something, hey, I'll be glad to listen. Sometimes sometimes I do take their suggestions. In fact, I could pass it on to other clients. So you know that part of it either is not not valid as far as I'm concerned. Hey, I'd like to thank Barbara for listening from Largo. She won the book today. We also we have All another right, copy. Barbara. That's right. So if you want to call, and there's still one more copy we can give away today. 877-943-9673. Giving away a copy of Your Money Counts. But Barbara, thanks for listening. Could she call twice calling. and get two books? Um, no. Okay, oh, okay. Dave? Just checking, just checking. Barbara's pretty sharp. She, you know, she might want to give it as a gift. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell Barbara to call in? Did you pay her money to listen to the show? I figured she must be sharp. She She, called in. Well, she's listening to this show. You know she's sharp. Right, exactly. So let's just talk about why it makes sense to use a professional advisor like you guys versus doing it on our own. Because listen, I know if I'd have gotten in, here's what I know I would have done. I'd have ridden the dot-com bubble all the way to and through because (laughs) I would have gotten greedy. And then I'd have sold out everything at reduced and then I would have waited a couple of years because I was because sick and paranoid. Because then it looks good again. All right. Then I just start buying in, exactly. and then I would have ran it all the way through 2008 and then dropped off again. And then I would have waited a couple, two, three years to get back in because I'd have been irritated. So I'd have nothing. And the market was up 47% in 2009. It's been and that's, that's when people were not in because they had sold out about December of 2008. Market's up 185% since, since 2009. Yep. Is it really? 185%. That's sick. 
So, Sick and twisted. Yeah. yeah. But, and but, has your portfolio averaged that? So 180% so over six years, that's like 30%. performance. Past performance. There's no guarantee of future results. <laughs> Thank you. Please read the prospectus before buying or consulting a professional. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Okay, sorry. Anyway. I had said that for your benefit because I know you. Randy's Thank listening. you. Yes, he is. He's our compliance guy, and he always <laughs> listens. Okay, so right, let's tell people why they should use you guys instead of doing it on their own. Well, we already talked several reasons. And another, well, another, Luke, another, give him a good reason. Wait, 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 Dave, wait, wait, okay. wait. No, 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 wait. It's He's feeling my turn. It. This is his, it's my turn. His wheels were turning earlier. This yeah, right? is why. It this takes is why. Okay, now, that's more now, oil what in there. No, what was I thinking? Exactly. <laughs> no. no why, uh, why should people use another, you? Another reason is the, uh, the information that we get. The information we buy is different than the information on the Internet. We spend a lot of money on research and um, that information, if you were to buy it on your own, it's going to eat up your whole portfolio. But, but as, as RIAs, Registered Investment Advisors, we buy market information, we buy stock information, we buy information from three different sources mainly. And uh, that information in itself is invaluable to each of our clients. My here, here's the biggest reason, right? Because again, we talk, we hit on a little bit. Your earlier. reasons bigger than my reason. I'm gonna say we're gonna help be your neocortex. Go look that up, neocortex. Yeah, I'm N-E-O-C-O-R-T-E-X. sure people are rushing right there. Look, the internet's bogging down. People are looking up neocortex. Don't that steering wheel, Barb. I bet Barbara will go check out neocortex. Barbara Sharp. So, but going back to that, we, we want to come alongside you. And this is why getting the advisor, someone to walk alongside you to be the rational, you know, so you can call and say, hey, in August or September, we have this 10% correction. I, I want to go all to, I want to go to money market. I want to go to money market. No, you just lost the 10%. That's not the good time. The fundamentals are right. We just had a little hiccup. Corrections are good. It gives a good opportunity for the market to readjust itself. So we're going to help come alongside of you for the emotional support, the rational support to help you think through things. And that's how we earn our fee. I mean, that's how we do it. Plus, we're going to save you money. A lot of people just stick their money in mutual funds. And mutual funds, are, are they're not bad. They're not a bad thing or a good thing. They're just a thing. They're an investment vehicle, but they're very expensive. And we can come alongside to help reduce some of those costs in most cases. But more importantly, we want to be your personal neocortex. And the neocortex is the most developed of the cerebral tissues. Whoa. That's what it says right here. And it also says that potato chips are potato chips. That <laughs> ruffles have ridges because your neocortex has ridges. There you go. And, and it's if got you... way too much. It's smooth in rodents and other small mammals, but as in us, it has deep grooves or ridges. I, I, it's got all kinds of great stuff in there, but I don't have enough time to read that. Uh, all right. So, but here, here's, here's my point. We, we, we said it a couple of times. We wouldn't, you wouldn't operate on yourself because you just don't know what you're doing. And, and to, 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 to discount what you guys know and have studied and passed tests and are constantly in, you're in it every day. Every day. Why does yep. anybody think they know better than you? It's like when I, when I sell somebody a car, I'm like, you know what? I know more about this car than you do. Here, hey, here's a good analogy. Okay. Oh, good. Go with like it. A pastor of your church. Could you imagine if the, you know, the pastor, he, what does he do? He's he's in the word. Teaching, evangelism, teaching, and discipleship. Evangelism, all, all, seven days a week. If, if all of a sudden you're in your day job and all of a sudden you're asked tomorrow without any of your knowledge to go do what they do, could you do it? 
Crickets. You're exactly. Talking, you're that talking was a question to the, to the host. That was no, wait a minute. To host, you're talking man. to me, right? You're uh, you were talking to me. You're talking to me. No, I could not. No, do or anybody. <laughs> That's the point here. That's the point. It's if if you don't if you're not a hundred percent in something and qualified to do it, why would you want to do it? I don't know. And and it's, it's really a fallacy that you'll save money. It's, there's no way you're going right. to do it better because you just don't know it. And, and that's really, let's go back to the stewardship principle again, because really when you look at Jesus had the parable of the talents and, and when the master was going with his servants and he gave to one servant one and to another servant two and another servant five, it, it, when he went away, he expected that money to be invested, those talents to be invested. And two of the guys sought professional help. They became business people. They were entrepreneurial. They doubled the money. One of the guys buried his head in the sand, yeah. figured he knew what he was doing. I knew you were rough and tumble, and you you know, you know, took money from where you didn't deserve it. And I mean, all, all those different things. I can't quote it. I don't have my Bible open. I apologize. But this the one guy got zero return in years and years and years, and the other guys doubled the money. So the scary part is it also says... To, to he who much is given, much is required. And, uh, you know, in this country, we've been given so much. And I'm just afraid, you know, that, that's one of my prayers is that I use it wisely. Because uh, when we, you know, when we go to meet him, he's going to ask, what, what have you done with the talents that I've given you? And we, we, we've been given so much. And we're, to say, okay, I, I squandered it all. Man, that's that'd be a bad day. Well, I just don't understand people's thinking, but I, I can tell you this: there's no way I'm doing it. Uh, that's why I just give my money to you and just say, just just fix it. I need right. a, I need four billion dollars by the time I retire. You're smart enough. And if I can get 189 percent a year a return, I'll be in great shape. <laughs> Past performance good. is not a guarantee of future results. And I was kidding, totally kidding. Mm-hmm. Say I, one thing: what, what's you know an IRA is one of those. It's like a freebie deal. Everybody should be putting money away in an IRA every year, right? Yes, okay. because part of it's the government, or not the government's money, but part of it you don't have to give to the government, which right. you would otherwise. Right, you're right. So you put money in an IRA, if, uh, and or you put money in an IRA saves you tax. You put money in a Roth IRA, never have to pay taxes in the future. You know, there's an extra credit besides just deducting that from your income. There's an extra savers credit for for the first part of your IRA. It's pretty cool. When you do your taxes, you'll see that right on the line. It's about 800 bucks extra. Wow. Yeah. Everybody should do that. Everybody right. should do that. 2016, big year. Big year. Uh, election st- year. Stinking public, uh, the presidential election, which who knows? When we're talking this time next year, we'll have just gotten through the bloodbath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, I, wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it bloodbath. It's going to be a bloodbath. But, but, uh, Rising interest rates. That's a guarantee. Oh, yeah. yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. They'll January. Start, they'll start to rise, yeah. Or Get is it prepared December? for it. So okay. the, Probably December. These are the thoughts that as advisors, we start talking about in devising plans and how we're going to maneuver or reallocate. But as, a, as your own advisor, as your own retail investor, are you starting to think about these things? Are you forecasting where you're thinking forward? Or are you being a weatherman where you're thinking the here and now? Like, I can be the weatherman and say this morning it was 52 degrees, but a week ago the forecaster was saying it's going to be 52 degrees at whatever, 8 a.m. on on Monday morning. So we're trying to help. We're trying to be your forecaster. And this is what you pay an advisor for. We want to forecast for you what what types of uh, sectors are going to perform well or perform poorly in loose or tightening monetary policies. Yeah, the Fed they're raising rates. It's 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 on the books. Something, something's going to take place very very soon. And what are your what's your, how are you being defensive? We're hoping real hope and change comes this next year. That's what we're oh, hoping for true. 2016. Thanks, Luke and Dave. Good conversation today.
Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. We enjoyed it. It's always fun being on the I Work For Him program. That's good. Dot com. <laughs> thanks, for t- <laughs> thanks for tuning in today. Thanks so much for Jose doing a great job taking the phone calls. Thanks to our show sponsors. Look them up on our website, iworkforhim.com. What did you learn today about how we could take this city? How about understanding how to handle our money? You know, we learned a lot today about money and about thinking that we know better than people that are professionals. But here's what I do know, that our faith can impact our workplaces by trusting in the Lord with our money. He, he, gives, us, he gives us stewardship over certain sets of gifts, talents, and abilities. And it's, and it's not an unlimited amount, but we're supposed to manage it wisely. How can we manage it wisely if we, we don't know what we're doing? You know, God gives us a certain set of talents, give it to somebody else to do the investing if you don't know what you're doing because that money that you've got should be multiplied for the kingdom so that not just when you retire, when you leave this earth, you can bless kingdom impactful ministries. That's what I want to do. When I go out, I want to go out in a ball of flames and I want all my money to be blessing kingdom impactful ministries everywhere. Hey, we got a battle out there for the souls of our coworkers and employees. Are you joining that battle? Join I Work For Him, the nation, tonight when you get home. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.